Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. On your mark. Get set. Is it on your marks or on your mark? On your mark. It's only one mark. On your mark. <laughs> Get set. Dun, 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 dun. I, I, don't, I don't know how it goes. That is so out of tune. I show how it's done. Dun, 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 dun. That was an attitude. That was pretty good. Attitude note. Talking the Olympics with Vince Holland. Mindfulness, meditation, weightlifting. Boom. Intro done. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the Narrow Nerds. Yes, that was a I feel pretty good. About, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. Neuro nerds, welcome to the Neuro Nerds, and it is that time. It is Olympic. It's been a weird time. It's a weird time. It's Olympics. Is it? Are we really doing this still while the pandemic is running a little bit wild? And I have a special guest here to help me process all this stuff out. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Vince Holland. What's up, Vince? How's it going? Hey, hey Joe. What do you know? Uh, I'm I'm uh, uh, clearly energetic right now, and you have your same energy constantly. Honestly, one of my favorite things about you is that you're always just kind of here. Consistency. There's like no peaks and valleys. You are steady. Yeah, man, I'm a table. You are steady as the day is long. So um, I this is kind of like a, we're going to touch base on the Olympics, kind of recovery, all that stuff. But I specifically wanted to talk to you about it because you were one of the largest human beings I've ever seen in life. <laughs> I've seen you with your shirt off. You can't not agree with me. You've seen you with your shirt off. So you are a it's deceptive. It is not deceptive, <laughs> unless you're that dude that put in those plastic fake muscles. Oh, I saw that. That's <laughs> to look terrifying, and it's got to be unhealthy. It is. <laughs> he literally looks like like a Hulk figure if you melted it. It is really wild. So, Vince, you athletically, you are a weightlifter. That's how you classify what you are, right? Yes, I am Olympic weightlifting hobbyist, but I take it pretty seriously. So, <laughs> once again. I've seen Vince without his shirt. All of you guys should do the same. It's magnificent. You're basically chiseled out of granite. Now, weightlifting, is that something that you've wanted to do? Like, what drew you to weightlifting? Because immediately, you're a pretty big dude. I would think, okay, football. You know, you'd be a football guy. Maybe wrestling. But, like, what drew you to weightlifting? Well, I was competing in martial arts, and I needed a strength and conditioning program. So I started doing functional fitness type things, interval training, and eventually started picking up the weights as just a part of that. But then I was like, hey, you know, I'm pretty good at this or I'm taking, taking to it pretty quick. And then the question came up, it was like, well, do you want to compete? Do you want to keep going with this? And it eventually, of course, became a part of my recovery experience, too. So. so how deep into the weightlifting were you prior to your stroke? Uh, I was only competing regionally, mm -hmm. but training regularly. You know, for that sort of thing. Um, 
it was pretty much a staple of my training. One of my favorite focuses of training. I, cardio is fine, but if I can pick up something heavy, that was probably where I was going to be. Mm, right. Yeah. Cardio, it get boring. Like yeah. really boring. Yeah. You, you want, we, we'll get into a meditation thing because there's a story I just read that just fascinated me, like blew my mind. And it kind of like uh, relates to that. So um, how long has it been since your stroke? I know we talked about that last time, you know, you were on the podcast, but, you know, I had a brain injury, Vince. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I do know that about you, Joe. And my stroke, it was five years ago as of July the 4th. Twinsies. Yeah, man. Crazy, right? Wait, did we talk about this? I think so. When's yours the 6th? Damn it. I think we did. It's it's August fourth, so it's coming August up. August fourth, okay. So yeah, oh my god. See, look, it was twin like twinsies again. If you could see us right now, physically, we're both basically the same human being, same type. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, same body shape, right? I've I am also chiseled, more of like a marshmallow like material as opposed to granite, but you know, it's the same, similar, similar, similar. Um, so. It's been, wow, roughly the exact same time. When were you at physically capable of, you know what, I'm going to get back in that gym and I'm going to start, you know, getting, lifting these large metal plates over my head? Ooh, I guess maybe six months I started to think about, okay, let's graduate from the resistance bands to the four pound dumbbells. And then of course it progressed to the six, eight, 10 and 12. And as, as I started to get comfortable and my physical therapist is like, okay, you're doing everything orthopedically correct. Like you can squat without a hip tilt now. Let's start thinking about not just getting into positions, but getting into positions under load. So, yeah. Wow. Six months. Wow. You, you might actually be a superhero, Vince. That's crazy. I was, honestly, I don't really remember what I was doing six months after my show. I know I was still in physical therapy. I was going to uh, outpatient rehab. I think I was progressing a lot faster than most stroke survivors. I was like, I remember my physical therapist was like, yeah, I got to figure out some new stuff for you. Cause like you're doing these things. Yes. So I was doing like bear crawls. Those are not fun. No. I don't know if you've, you've done, I'm assuming you've done bear crawls. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they suck. So bad. And also like I, the, I guess the, the arm bike. Yeah. Oh. That's like what I started out with. And I'm like, really? Is this what I'm doing? I hate this thing. I don't like it at all. Yeah. And then uh, my PT Bruce, shout out to Bruce. Love that thing. <laughs> Did you? Hated it. Yeah. Okay. I hate it. And then uh, they gave me like the little bend, the bendy things. I don't know what you call them. They give, it's like a stick. That's a good way to describe it. I hated it. I hated it. So like they gave me like, they're like, oh, well, you're doing really well. So we got to do like the step up, like the strong one. And I was like, I, I just, I just don't like it. Like I, I just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I pretended for a while that it was a piece of metal and I was Superman and I was like just bending it because I'm a big, strong man. But then in reality, I'm literally, I'm bending like a giant, I don't know. What would you call it? Like a, a, a rubber band. That's what it is. It's like a long, long rubber stick that I'm bending, but I guess, you know, it, it got me to where I am. So I can't complain too much. Now, pre stroke, you were. Again, I don't see any physical difference, Vince. You're a very large human being. But where you were physically before your stroke, how far away from that, or are you all the way back now? Well, physically, I think I'm spending a lot less time on the trail and maybe not doing quite as much cardio. So um, I've got a little more luggage, got a little bit of a spare tire now. So it's not that lean life anymore. But I am getting there as far as strength. I'm pretty much where I was. So that's awesome. That is, that's phenomenal. And to be honest, I, I know what it is. You're saying it's a spare tire. I am not as large as you, and I've got that. Do you want to know what it really is? It's a protective layer of fat to keep our muscles warm. Does that make you feel better? It does make me feel better. Mine is made up of cronuts. Ooh, is that, wait, all right. So are you a snacker? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I smoke weed, Vince. Of course I'm a snacker. I'm an ice cream guy. Like that's my, that's is dangerous, but I try to shift to healthier options after my stroke. So I used to eat like trash. Um, I would eat Takis. You know what Takis are? Like the chips. The chips. Yeah. Yeah. H have you ever seen the ingredients to Takis? No. Is it like actual like food grade ingredients? I would think it would be like <sighs> machine grade ingredients <laughs> because Every, basically, every third word in the ingredients to a package of Takis is about 17 letters long, and you can't pronounce them. It's a lot of garbage, but I love Takis because it's really spicy. And, like, if, again, if, if, like, fire was a flavor, I'd eat it. 
So I went from that because I have a texture guy, too. So like I like chips. I went from that to like the Trader Joe's version of Takis, which they're not good for you, but they're better for you than the other ones. And taste wise, they're close. And then instead of doing potato chips, I do like the snap peas, like the freeze dried, not freeze dried, but I don't know, whatever you call them. They like basically they, they mimic the texture of like potato chips. Phenomenal. Because, again, it's a texture thing for me. So, like, I, I snack in that way now because I'm constantly eating and I eat like a lot of like like trail mix, like cashews and almonds and stuff. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be healthy and watch my girlish figure. Um, <laughs> but it, it it's look, the extra weight that you're carrying, I'm sure, looks significantly better on you than me because I'm a I don't I won't say lean guy because I'm not anymore. I'm not a fat dude either. So I'm moderately thin so when i gain weight it's like all here and i just look like i'm pregnant it's not a good look vince it's not a good look <laughs> not that i wear like you know like the the the, the briefs at the beach or anything like that yeah. like no 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 nobody wants to see this and you've seen what my significant other looks like i gotta i i, I gotta get my life together <laughs> like i do i might be hitting you up and be like vince come on man i need to get that brazilian jujitsu body that you have that's what you specialize in correct it is, yeah. That was kind of the main focus of my martial arts and MMA and Muay Thai. Oh, oh. So, okay. So, now, do you still compete in those contact sports? I do not, and that's sort of the conversation my wife and I are having right now because she's gone back to jujitsu, and we are both now mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get more of that on the calendar so that we can do it together. Oh, oh. Wait. Okay. So. Is a discussion, we just need to make time for this, or is it a discussion, Vince, you psychopath, you had a stroke, we don't want you to get hit in the head? No, not at all. She's already doing it, and it's more like, okay, so when are you coming back to jujitsu? That's the conversation. Oh, are, are you ready? Do you, th- do you feel that you're ready? Physically, for sure, yeah. I don't know what my apprehension is mentally. I think I'm just, I've got a lot of mm-hmm. pokers in the fire with other things, with work and life. But yeah, I think it's, it's an eventuality. Ooh, I'm excited for you. I'm not excited for the person that you hit the first time. That's going to be intense. It's going to be years of, yeah, I've been building this up and now it's I'm taking it out on you. Well, fortunately, jujitsu is like a lot of very gentle grappling and strangling, but there's no punching. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I love that phrase. That needs to be on a T-shirt. Gentle grappling and strangling. That sounds like a horrific first date. <laughs> <laughs> That is is amazing. So be okay. I I would actually, you can help me with this because you're, you're the expert here. What's the difference between a, like you, you, there's levels obviously, but what would you say the difference is between weightlifter, casual weightlifter, professional weightlifter, Olympic level weightlifter? Like what are, what are the levels? Because for me, I'm a basketball guy and I, I knew immediately transitioning from like basketball player to like, you know, uh, small college basketball player to professional basketball player, the levels, like the difference is, yeah, the physicality and the cardio. It's, it's like, it's on another level. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for a community and support? Well, the neuro nerds are here to help join our hashtag. You rock Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash you. rock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at josorocks.com slash you so rock and submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember, you, you so, so rock. rock. <laughs> like it's 10 times more than you ever thought it was going to be. And a lot of like mental you know, wherewithal to get to the, the, the next, each next level. So what, what would you say the differences are? Like, what are the levels in weightlifting? I would say there's definitely a level of, at the highest level, the level of grit is insane. Like these people put their bodies through a lot and it's because the volume is, is a bit higher than if you're just competing like a weekend warrior. And also at the highest level, they're competing as it's their life. Like that is their full-time thing. They're spending a lot of hours in the gym and not just performing their sport, but doing a lot of accessory work and stability exercises and everything to really get very granular about how they're learning their sport. Um, like a weekend warrior like me, you know, you put the time in a couple days a week, you keep working on your movements, you build your strength, and it comes in 
waves, ebbs and flows, but it's not as much time in the gym. Not quite so focused. When you say weekend warrior, right? I think a father of three, hey, honey, you take care of the kids. I got to go do this thing. I'm going to go for a hike or I'm going to like play ball with the guys, you know, or I'm a little, that's what I think. Still rocking the dad bod, but like a difference between like, you know, bad dad bod and like good dad bod, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't seem like a weekend. You're not built like a weekend warrior, Vince. You're, you're built like an actual warrior. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I have this, this version of me in my mind from whatever time. And like, now I feel like I'm much more of a hobbyist and I'm less, in the gym five or six days a week, just doing it for, for fun. Look, it's not like you turned into Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, right? Where they're like, okay, I'm no longer doing this professionally. Let me just eat. You're not doing that. You're still a very, (laughs) I was going to say shapely man. It's a weird (laughs) thing to say about another dude. I don't know if I'd use that word, but like, yeah, you're still in, in, in incredible shape. So the Olympics are around. There's a lot of weird stuff happening. Obviously, I'm a little bit, I'm a lot of bit uncomfortable with it because uh, we're kind of still f- recovering. I don't even want to say recovering. We haven't recovered from the pandemic. And this like Delta variant is very scary. And there's like a new one that came from Peru. Oh, I was wild. So it made me really uncomfortable that they were like moving forward with the Olympics. But here we are. Um I haven't followed the Olympics closely in years, I guess. Um, the most I think I follow, obviously, the dream teams because I'm a basketball guy. Um, and I followed back in the day. Do you remember Dan versus Dan? Vaguely, yeah. Were they brothers or? They weren't. They just shared the same first name. So there were two Dans and they competed <laughs> in, what was it? The, uh, the triathlon? No, the one where it's like a bunch of them. Decathlon. Not the academic, the actual decathlon where you do like a bunch of different events and they had these really cool commercials, Dan versus Dan. And it was supposed to be this big deal where they were going to meet in the Olympics and compete for the gold kind of against each other, but like in a really friendly way because they're both American. Here's the deal. One of the Dans didn't make it. Didn't make it. I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. It was Dan Johnson, I believe Dan O'Brien. I'm not 100% if I got the names right. But anyways, yeah, one didn't make it. So it was like, yay. Oh, so it was kind of a bummer. So it was like a lot of great um, promo, I guess. But then like as for the Olympics itself, it was just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it was kind of a letdown. I followed that really closely. Track and field. Obviously, I followed Michael Johnson, by the way, fellow stroke survivor. Yeah, I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. He's our people. I mean, it's not awesome. Yeah, he, he's. Uh, but it is, you know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know it's funny there's that weird thing when it comes to being a stroke survivor like look you and i we're part of the cool kids club right we we are we're like the new rock stars but when we we're like oh that's awesome we're not saying oh wow i'm so happy that this person had a brain injury we're not saying that we're just saying oh wow another one of us right like it's 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 cool for me because i think when celebrities athletes musicians actors actresses um when there's uh, someone who has a stroke in like on that level, it helps our community because it brings a lot more awareness to what's going on. Cause people are like, wait a minute, Michael Johnson had a, sh- what's a stroke. And then now people know, right. And, and yes. hopefully he's uh, advocating out there. Like we advocate, you know, we can talk till we're blue in the face about stroke, about fast, about all the signs, all the things that, that happened to it. It happened at any age, blah, 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 blah. We can say that. And all day, every day, Michael Johnson Amongst other people, Frankie Muniz, Jesse J, Amelia Clark, all of these, like, I don't want to say that they're special. They're just regular ass people, but they just so happen to have very large followings in their careers. They can come out and say something and it impacts so many people. Many more people would listen to them as opposed to us, you know? Yeah, it's true. So when Michael Johnson has a stroke, sucks. Sorry, Michael Johnson. Hey, but you are now part of like the greatest, most amazing, helpful, loving, caring community you never wanted to be a part of, but you're very thankful is here. So I think that's like where our energy of, yay, Michael Johnson is part of our community (laughs) is coming from. (laughs) Did you ever do any um, track and fields? Because I I don't necessarily look at you and like that is the fastest guy I've ever seen. I see you maybe shot put, but did you ever do any of the track and field events? Yes, for a few seasons when I was in high school, I was much smaller and faster, but yes, I did uh, chop put discus and javelin 
And then we had a thing called the Fat Man Relay. So this is the, the guys, the biggest <laughs> guys who would do field events. And if we went to a school and they did not have a 4x4 four four team, we would just take four of our field guys and let them run it. I that is the greatest name like that. That really is the greatest name. I think you need to put like a team together for that and that alone. We wore it proudly. Yeah, <laughs> the fat man challenge. <laughs> you kind of have to. Yeah. You can't look a name like that. You can't wear it with shame. You yeah. have to wear it with pride. Right. Yeah. We're here to compete. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, we we didn't at my school. It was a, a I don't I don't want to say poor school. Basically, all the money went into academic decathlon at my school, um, and nothing went into the sporting programs. So we had like nothing. We didn't have a discus. That's why we didn't do discus, and we didn't have a javelin. That's why we didn't do javelin. So we we had a ball though. Yeah, we had shot put. Yeah. We had like I think we had three. Nice. <laughs> and two of them were the same weight. Oh, wow. So, so, so basically we had two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did, uh, uh, I did basically wait. Uh, I did the 100, the 200, the 400. I didn't do the 800 because good Lord, why? And then the 1600, that just doesn't even make any sense. Nobody wants to run that many times around track. Um, I did long jump, high jump, triple jump, and shot put but only because nobody else wanted to do it (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 my olympic level uh uh events so okay so as for for the olympics do you actually like know olympic weightlifters i'm assuming yeah i do the u.s weightlifting team i follow a couple of the other Mm -hmm. ones from certain other countries just because they're like olympic gold medalists repeat world champions this sort of thing but I'm familiar somewhat with the American team uh, with weightlifting. Do you have favorites? Uh, CJ Cummings. He's uh, 21 years old. He's got a bunch of these uh, junior world records. He smashed a bunch of those in his early career. Uh, Maddie Rogers is also awesome. She's super, super tough. And the weight classes have changed in the sport, but she's gone up in weight classes, mm-hmm. adapted to it, and still came out with a spot on the Olympic team. So that was pretty cool to see. Um there are a couple oh, other ones. Like one of the ones is a guy named Harrison Morris, who's born in '97, and now he's on an Olympic team. He is the youngest on the team. That just made me feel so weird in the pit yeah. of my stomach. Like you were born. He was born after I after I graduated high school. Yeah, I just aged myself, guys. Again, <laughs> I'm not 22 years old. Contrary to popular belief, <laughs> yeah. that's wild yeah oh my gosh it makes me so uncomfortable i hate that person so much no (laughs) no hate we have nothing but love for everybody out there um (laughs) so now uh, with weightlifting itself any any athletic event or anything that you put that type of energy and effort into it has a lot to do with your mind as well and i know you're an avid uh meditator is that is that is that a word meditator i'm assuming yes i'm gonna go with it um so and I think this helped you along your recovery too, right? Just the slowing your thoughts down and, you know, um, being able to focus in on your goal, whether it be, hey, getting to this this level of weight or, hey, getting to this level of recovery. Would, would you agree with that? I am a huge advocate for mindfulness for sure because right? I know that that is like your mind is something that you can keep working on, especially when you go through the different stages of recovery that we have where your body is not listening. You know, it's not cooperating. You're not in, you're not in the command seat the way you want to be. So you've just really got to tinker with your mind and get it to a better place. Now, have you hit? I, I'm sure you have. I don't want to speak for you, but I'll, I'll let you speak for you because you're here. <laughs> Do you feel? Because I think we all hit those points. Have you hit that point where you're just like, I, 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 I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And in doing so. Was it meditation that brought you out of that, right? To be mindful, be in the moment. Like, oh, no, 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 I, I, I can do that. Has, has Basically, has the mindfulness meditation helped you get past those little hurdles that we kind of put in our own way? Most definitely. And I think there was like during my inpatient rehab stay, 11 days of just gruesome introspection because there was time after the first few days where I didn't get so wiped out that I could just go to sleep. I was wiped out, but I had to sit up and be awake in the rehab facility and think about life and my existence and my identity and grief. So there were some tough moments for sure. Wow. Now, before your stroke, you were in a meditation and mindfulness as well, or was it mostly after the stroke? 
I was even before my stroke. I my first foray into martial arts was in like the traditional martial arts. So there's a big focus on the ethos and having a set of values that govern the way that you go throughout your life. So that was still a part of me is to be mindful of these these values and to think about having a particular character and not just a particular style of martial arts. So it was deeper than that always for me. You're, you're like a samurai. <laughs> not not to that degree, but like it was for sure something that I was like, you know, this helps me be a better person. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. I, I say samurai because I not for any other way than I just assume that you have a katana sword and you murder people on the weekends. That's just what I thought myself immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's <just> ridiculous. <laughs> so do you think you had a leg up in your recovery because of the fact that you were so into mindfulness and meditation? I do. Yeah, I know that I could have gotten stuck in so much of what I couldn't do and let that be my focus. But I... I searched around as if I knew for sure that I was going to get to like a really content place in my recovery. And I just knew that it was there. And in my mind, the search was just going to keep going until I found bits and pieces of it, little breadcrumbs to get me to that place. So I, I operated as if I knew that it was there. That's, oh God, that's, that's amazing. I never meditated my entire life. I just didn't. Before the stroke, I I, I didn't. And I always made excuses and I always... I defeated myself before I even did anything. I was lost. Like I took the L before I even started, you know, and I, you know, be, being a, a, an athlete, you know that if you don't have the right mindset, I, I remember competing against guys and guys would show up and I would look at them. And I'm like, Oh, I already, I already won. These guys, they're not, they, they're, they're not here. They, they beat themselves. Like I don't really have to put in much effort because they've already lost. I could just see it in their demeanor. I could see it in their eyes. Like they weren't ready. Um, you know, what's funny. I was thinking maybe I kind of did meditate, I guess, in my own way back in the day when I used to compete heavily in, in, in basketball, because I would, you know, mostly through music, I would sit in music and I put myself in a, in a zone and in that energy. And then I would kind of like literally be in that zone when I, I took the court. Um, but yeah, I, I was never able to meditate. And then I think I would have gotten much further in my recovery, much faster if I had done all the things that I probably should have done pre brain injury. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy that you were able to, because immediately, immediately you're like, oh yeah, like six months later. And I was like, kind of killing it. I was like, damn, how I'll tell you how Vince had the right mindsets, <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. I think that six months jumping off point was really where it started to seem like, okay, I can get out of the woods now. Like I was already doing my, uh, PT, my outpatient rehab stuff. I was beginning to do it on my own. And I just started to see bits of myself. Like it was about reclamation at that point. And before that, it was just about, let's see what we can do. And the reclamation piece was a big thing. You know, I was reclaiming myself from a stroke. But yeah. Yeah. And at what point were you like, yeah, I'm going to be able to do this. It like flickered on and off during rehab. But then I would say at six months, it was pretty much a done deal. Uh, I had a charge nurse who didn't give me an option about some things. And she's like, so what's your goal before you leave here? Like, she just told me that I had to have one. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to walk out of inpatient rehab. And we wrote it on the board and I looked at it every day and I said it to myself and talked about it and thought about it. And I just didn't want to watch TV when I was inpatient rehab. Like I really wanted to dig in my mind and go find the answer to who I was and who I was going to be because I'm like, well, I, I have to find it. This is who I have to be. I don't have a say in the, in the matter. Like I have to be this person. Wow. Wow. That's, that's deep. I might have had something like that. I don't remember. I don't have much memory from the hospital, like at, at all. I know it was a struggle to just figure out anything, you know? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't really remember much. I wrote something down. I think I, I, I wrote down something like I, I'm, I'm getting better every day. I don't remember doing that. Like, I don't remember doing that at all, but it's nice to know that like I was in that, that mindset, you know? 
um yeah re- re- recovery is is crazy um if let me ask you a question if you had advice to give not just yourself like like a, a version of you or someone like that's just starting to recover you know what what advice would you give that person find a community and definitely dive into a mindfulness practice that starts with acceptance uh, not acceptance like oh I'm going to give my permission to what happened and it's okay but just acknowledging that I've done what I could do with the past and the only thing that I have is now like I really I can't go back and undo this thing and as heavy as that can feel just to be accepting of like okay I'm feeling angry today which is a part of it and sometimes that gets skipped over but if you feel angry today notice it attend to it and accept it but then do what you can with the very next moment you know find your best next steps from there absolutely brilliance again i think you were light years ahead of where i was early on in your recovery it took me a long time acceptance is freeing you know um felice she told me from from jump she's like acceptance is is going to be key in your recovery she's like acceptance is freedom she's like resistance is pain i had so much resistance in me and a lot of us a lot of stroke survivors that i've run into i don't know if you've had the same experiences there's so much resistance to what things are right now. Now, the more, and I'll, I'll just say this, the more you resist what's happening in the moment right here, right now, the further from your goal you're going to be. I was like that. It took me almost, holy shit, maybe a year and a half to actually utter the phrase, I had a stroke. I couldn't say it. I, I, I couldn't say it. I didn't want to accept that reality, but the reality was I had a fucking stroke. Um, I had to use a cane coming home from the hospital. I didn't want to be Vince. I don't want to be that guy. You're you're an athlete. I don't yeah. want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be. It, now you walked out of the hospital. I'm assuming you hit your goal. Well, they wheeled me to the exit, and then I stood up from the chair and then walked to my parents' vehicle, and that was my like. But I, I don't take for granted those three or four steps. And then I went home, and I had to use my aids, my cane, and my walker and stuff like that. But I did hit my goal, leaving rehab. How did you feel about those aids? I had a little bit of contempt for them because I'm like, well, no, this is, I have an idea of who I am and it it doesn't include these things. Like, but that's what it was. I did accept them. So when I would go on my little walks, my short little 200 meter walks, I would take them with me. You know, I wasn't going to live in denial. I'm like, okay, Vince, well, if you're serious about acceptance, accept that this is what is required of you right now. Like this won't be forever. Storm clouds run out of rain. You're going to be okay. So I did it. I just accepted them. You, you were much more mentally prepared than I was because I didn't accept it for the longest time. And it wasn't until I've, I've told the story before I uh, refused to use my cane at home. And it was the first time that I didn't have a Joe sitter and Felice let me home alone. And before she left, she was like, seriously, use your cane. You have to go to the restroom. You need to get some from the kitchen. Use your cane. I was like, yeah, of course. I didn't use a cane. I was like, I don't need this. Like, Fuck this noise. And like, literally, I was like, I'm a grown man. I'm not going to use this cane. And I when I say I fell. I fell so badly. I just collapsed. And it was that, like, honestly, it was that moment in movies where the person is on their back staring up at the sky thinking, how did I get here? It was that moment where I literally, I was like, how did I get to this point in my life? Right. I was regretting every decision I ever made. But it was that, and at that moment, staring up at the sky, <laughs> staring up at my ceiling, thinking, oh, yeah, I need, I need this cane. I don't want this cane. No, I don't like it, but I need it. I need it to get from point A to point B, because if not, I'm going to end up in the hospital. This time I might not come out. So it really shifted the way that I thought. So once I accepted, this is what it is. I had always thought, I don't know if you ever had this. My biggest issue was if I accept this is what this is, this is just what it is. This is just what it is now. I didn't. I thought about the wrong way. And a lot of us in recovery think this. A lot of survivors out there, you guys are suffering because of this flawed way of thinking. You think, well, if I accept it, that's just what life is. It's kind of like giving up. It's like, no, 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 it's not. It's the opposite of that. It's accepting what it is. At that moment, I accepted I need this cane right now. It's not forever. As soon as I accepted I needed that cane, everything in my being went to, okay, how do I get rid of this damn cane? And I worked my ass like off towards my goal of getting rid of this damn cane that I had so much contempt and hate for. So anybody who's out there, yeah, but I want to be the old me. Well, first off, the old you's gone. Sorry, I don't mean to be a dick about it. It's it's gone. It doesn't exist. This is the new version of you. And now we have a new thing. 
a lot of people that I'm running into specifically over the past like, couple of months where I talk about the, the, the new version of you, right? You 2.0, right? New, new, new you. Like a, it's a new normal that you have. I don't think that's a bad thing. Why is there such a negative view of a new normal? I, I, I don't understand it. It's just like, hey, guys, I'm on this new diet. I'm doing keto. I don't do keto. I'm just saying that's like the new hot thing, right? Cool. Now you only eat these things. You only do these things. You know what that is? That's a new normal. Sorry. That's what it is. Hey, during this pandemic, do you want to know I have to go into the store? I have to wear a mask. You want to know what that is? It's a new normal. That's all it is. It's not for at least I hope it's not forever, but that's what it, it's like a new normal. It's this patch, this this uh, moment in time that this this thing is happening. So your recovery, it's a new, you just have to figure out what your new normal is. Right. So early on, I had to use a cane. Fucking hated it, accepted it. And once I did that, I was able to like work my way past that. And I did that through mindfulness once I started to meditate. And it has really helped me tremendously. Were you, you seem like a very peaceful, calm guy. Have you always been this way, Vince? No. And I think um, part of the acceptance too is to accept the storms. Like, I mean, the literal storms outside, but to accept the storms that are within you. And you can find some peace there. Just, you know that they're there and some of them are beyond your control. And so the best way for you to tend to them is just acknowledge them for what they are. And then you go on conducting life like, me just I would have to just try and be the best version of myself the best son the best husband the best friend and that that means not always letting my storm spill over on other people so it hasn't always been so serene you know but I am I'm proud that it's gotten to this place hey you and I were the yin <laughs> and the yang <laughs> we are because I'm basically a ball of chaos and I've done a lot of you know mental work to get to this version of of chaos for me, but what I I've come to learn specifically during this pandemic over the past year, a year or so um, circle of control. I drive people crazy and saying they're like, Joe, shut the fuck up your circle of control. It's true. So make a circle with your hands, right? Everything inside of that circle, you can control you, you, you can control that. You can control the way you react. You can tr- control the things you say, what you eat, how, how you do things. Everything outside of that circle, you can't control, right? Somebody wants to say something mean. Somebody wants to be a jerk. Somebody, all of those, you can't control that. So why are you wasting time focusing on it, right? Like Vince, you say something. I can't control anything you say or do. I can't. All I can do is control how I react to the things that you say and do. Once I figured that out, it's been so helpful to me. I see so many people angry, angry, just so angry. You know this person did this. I'm like, okay. You know, this person said that. I'm like, all right, that's okay. So, and, <laughs> and. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple Podcast app today. You're you're saying you're so thin skinned that these words are destroying your life. Because that's what you're telling me with that energy. So once I realized, oh, God, I used to be that. I, I was that for like a long time. Now I'm like, I, just, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> I just don't. I don't have many fucks to give. And, and I, I, I just I choose not to give them. I, I just don't. And it's very helpful for me. And, and that's, you know, OK, so this is the advice I would give uh, stroke survivors on their recovery. Give less fucks. Really. Just don't really give a, a fuck. Focus on you, focus on the things that you can control and live your life. Look, you made it back to enjoy life, not, you know, do all the stupid shit that you were bitter and angry about before the brain injury. So give less fucks. I need to put that on a shirt for sure. (laughs) And then you have to sell a million of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then if you had that shirt, you should immediately take it off because you should never have a shirt on Vince. (laughs) Just saying I'm saying that for for the eyes of the people in the world. (laughs) (laughs) no mindset is amazing it's one thing i've always been um very thankful for every single time i have a conversation with you there's a certain amount of serenity there's a certain amount of calm that you just exude when i talk to you i always feel at peace with any conversation we're having now i'm not saying that you don't have bad days i'm not saying that you don't have those stormy days 
I'm saying I think you process them better than most people. Would you agree? I do. And unfortunately, I found uh, throughout the course of my life a lot of outlets that allow me to be uh, very intense and aggressive (laughs) in a way, in a space where it's acceptable or it's encouraged, you know. That's true. You you have chosen, um, you know, a, a hobby or a pastime to be able to grapple and gently strangle people. So, I mean, <laughs> that's an outlet right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're you're married. And is your wife in a meditation as you are? Uh, she's not. She is a martial artist. And I think she does make time mm-hmm. for a lot of mindfulness. You know, we we talk about, oh, which... Which utility is good? Is it smiling mind? Is it headspace? Like that sort of thing. So we do make time for it. I I think I'm probably the one who Mm -hmm. pours a lot more into mindfulness right now. Oh, that's 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 good. Is it? Do you guys ever meditate together? I would say so. Yeah, I don't know that we call it deliberate meditation time, but like in the morning is usually when I have fewer than five minutes of when I do my breath work. And the night before, we'll make Mm -hmm. a plan. Like, okay, we'll wake up together. Uh, she'll be like, okay, I'm going to do a run at X time. So we'll wake up in the morning together and we'll just have quiet time together. So we don't do like mantras or anything like that, which is, if that's your thing, it's cool. But that's just when we dedicate time to just waking up, not plugging into something online or getting on the phone or getting on email and just taking time to kind of be still, set the tone for the day. So I meditate first thing every morning, almost every single day since I've been out of the hospital it's part of my routine. Before I even knew I needed a routine, it became my routine that I wake up and I meditate for 10 minutes. Um, the majority of the time, I would say a solid 75, 80% of the time, I'm meditating with Felice. We'll wake up, you know, same time and just pop in 10 minute meditation, be at one, set our intentions for the day. And I think it's a it's a good start for both of us, both of us individually for our individual days, but also as a couple. I think it's very helpful for us to kind of like get in that zone. And there's something about energy, modern day hippie Joe telling you, uh, <laughs> again, smoke weed. I uh, love 60s rock. I'm wearing natural deodorant. I meditate every day. I'm like such a hippie. But th- there's something about energy that there's no explaining it. It's one of those things where like I can't, it's like art. What's art? I can't tell you, but I know it when I see it. There's something about energy. I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I feel it. And there's a certain energy that happens when two people are in the same mindset or in the same meditative space. It's something so beautiful about that, you know, I, and, I, and I wish I could explain it. I would, do you have better words than I do for this, Vince? Because <laughs> this is more along the lines of, you know, your, your, your expertise as opposed to mine. What I've read recently, or reread rather, is uh, some of the words of Jim Quick when he describes these states of mind, like actually states of the brain where I guess you can be in beta state all day. That's where your brain's at. And then like delta state is when your brain is fast asleep. But then this theta to alpha state is when you're in this really creative space, like when you're in the shower and you're sort of captivated by doing nothing, but just being present with that. Um, There is something about that state of mind that's really creative and good at learning. We need to unlock that space more often. Is there a pill for that? <laughs> I, I think I, I think I would use that pill. You know what? It, okay, I just want to touch on on this real quick. There was a um, I was reading a story about quiet. So there was a, a study done where they put people in a not a um, like a depri- deprivation tank or anything like that, but in a quiet room with no stimulation mm. for ten minutes, no stimulation, no nothing on the walls, basically just like I'm assuming a white room white chair you're just chilling and it's just you and your thoughts they gave you a button right that but what that button does is give you a slight shock that's it that's all it does like oh shit that's that's what that button does so all you have you stay in this room for 10 minutes and you just have this button you don't have to press it they just gave you the button they're like yeah this will give you a slight shock if you touch it 90 some odd percent of the people press that button out of boredom now I believe it was close. It was almost 80 something percent of the people press it multiple times. Wow. There was one dude that pressed it 190 times. To be honest, I think he was just trying to get off for some weird reason. People get off the weird things, Vince. So what is, what does that tell you? People were so afraid to be alone with their thoughts that they would rather be in physical discomfort. That blew my mind. I resonate with that. Back in the day, I would close my eyes to meditate before the stroke. I would close my eyes to meditate and I would go to the darkest places. I would rather do anything 
then close my eyes and be at one with my thoughts. Now I am, I love it. I wish I was able to get past that barrier beforehand. Have you ever had anything similar where you were like, yeah, I can't do this. I I'm, I'm not capable of doing this. Or have you always been pretty, you know, uh, like a natural when it comes to mindfulness and meditation? I would definitely say when I was younger, there was a period where I was kind of selfish. And so there was times where I wouldn't want to be alone to think about whatever it was I was doing or saying that was focused on me being gratified in the moment and not being thoughtful at all of other people. So in that space, during a lot of that time, it was pretty regular for me to kind of run away from my own thoughts. And I'm assuming you were very young because this version of yourself is you're like Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi as opposed to like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. So I'm assuming this wasn't like an overnight transition. I'm assuming you've been this way for a while. Um, yeah. And I mean, I guess there are just some things life things that kind of aided along and try and they kind of intensify that perspective of acceptance and knowing how to get out of your own way and taking time to slow down when you're feeling uh, catastrophic and like you're going to throw it on somebody else. Yeah. Like 24 hours a day. I used to feel that back in the day, but I'm better now guys. Hey, moral of the story, meditate, be at one with yourself, figure out who you are. We don't need all the stimulation. Like it's fun. It's great to kind of like, escapism is amazing. It's not always necessary. Sometimes it's good just to shut everything down and be at one with your thoughts. I'm I'm having a conversation back and forth with a, a friend of mine and she's struggling to make this like a daily thing. But another friend of mine has just gone, I think 30 days in a row meditating. And she's like, I feel great. I'm like, yeah, isn't it amazing? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? You're gaining routine. You're slowing down your thoughts. You're able to focus and process more amazing that you feel lighter mentally and you're able to focus in on tasks and do things. And all of these things are very important for us brain injury survivors. Jeez. Don't make me make Vince come hunt you down. <laughs> and no, no, we're, we're, we're a peaceful podcast yeah. over here at the new, new, new Vince. <laughs> so do you have any, any uh, uh, thoughts on the Olympics? Do you think it should have happened or do you think it should have been postponed? Um, it's, it's so tough because this is such a small window of capability for a lot of the athletes. And so my hope generally is just that they have their safety and their health in mind and that they do everything that they can to, you know, go forward with it if it's going to happen in a way that allows them to get home and to still be healthy, to perform their best, but also just to, to do it in a way that allows them to be safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I hope everybody is safe and, and yeah, look, just take care of yourselves, guys. Look, and not just yourselves. Don't take care of yourself just for yourselves. Yeah, you should want to take care of yourself. There are other people. We live in a society. We do. We're, we're not mountain men. <laughs> we're not in, in, in mud huts in the forest. We're, we're not that. We live in a society. We go to Whole Foods. <laughs> we go to Target. <laughs> we're, we're all in this. So make sure you take care of yourself because you don't want to get other people sick. They might not have the, I don't know, I'm going to say it. They might not have the luck that you have because clearly it's just luck for most of these people. <laughs> so take care of yourselves. Take care of, you know, uh, 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 others. We're in this together, guys. Come on. We're all one. Well, except for you. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you dicks. Hi, how are you? I'm talking about you guys. You guys should go make mud huts up in the mountains <laughs> and get away from us. <laughs> but aside of that, the rest of you, we're all in this. You know, even, hey, we, we have differences. How boring would it be? If we all thought and felt the exact same things, Ugh. that'd be so boring. You know, I was talking to somebody who's dating and she was like, oh, this person doesn't believe in anything. So I don't even think I'm going to go on a date with them. I'm like, are you kidding? You should go on a date. You might fall in love. You want to. So you want to go out with somebody who feels and thinks everything that you think. Basically, you're so arrogant. You just want to date yourself. <laughs> you know, we, we should we have differences. That's why I love sports, because it's like, oh, well, my team is this and your team is that I don't hate you for it. I just know I'm right. <laughs> I'm a Clipper fan. I have to feel that way. Um, but yeah, just, just a, a safety first. And if, again, I want, if you have any last meditative, any last mindfulness notes, you would like to give any uh, of the stroke survivors out there. Now be the time, Vince. I would say take a part in the mindfulness, take part in a mindfulness practice and try journaling because if you can write those thoughts down, then you can kind of pre digest them and you can look at them on paper rather than looking at the world through the lens of those same thoughts. So try that out. And even if it's just one thought that you have a day, if you're a nerd out there and you remember Pokemon, imagine you're in the safari zone and you have to catch some wild thought, just one, and you put it down on paper, the one that you've been struggling with, 
and now take a look at it and don't view the world through that same thought. Vince, my dude, I got to tell you, I, I'm just always, I become a bigger fan every single time we converse. And I say this, I mean it. We got to do this more often. I'm not even kidding. It's just, it's it's so much fun. We haven't even gotten into like the nerdy shit. Yeah. Like we're going to get into some nerd shit, probably all, off air. But hey, I appreciate you uh, coming on, uh, giving us, uh, kicking some knowledge about uh, the Olympics and about mindfulness and, and rehabilitation. And look, mindset is so important in recovery. It's the most important thing. Look, physically, it's one thing to get your body back. To get your mind back is the biggest fight. It's the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in life. You know, what was very helpful? Mindfulness, being in the moment, meditation, slowing my thoughts down. And I advise advise everybody do the same. Uh, Vince, appreciate you so much. And if you want to follow Vince, you can follow Vince at Vince.Holland. They get that right? Vince.856. Vince.856. Boom on Instagram. And if you want to follow us, you can follow Lauren at Lauren Almanzano on Instagram. You can follow me at Joe So Rocks on all the socials. You can follow us, the Neuro Nerds, everywhere. And on this awesome, just honestly, just epic moment in time for me on this very mindful, meditative, in the moment moment, this nerd is out. <laughs> <laughs> ben, seriously, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. That was just fantastic. Yeah, it's always dope talking to you, Joe. I appreciate it. Neuro Nerds. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.